Welcome to the Dream Mason Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Terranova. A Dream Mason is a person who's brave enough to declare they have a dream and committed enough to do the work to build it. I know we all have a Dream Mason inside of us, and my dream for this podcast is to support us by giving us a glimpse inside the hearts and minds of leaders, creators, and innovators to help us unleash our inner Dream Mason. Because your dreams don't build themselves. Welcome back to another episode of the Dream Mason podcast. And today on the show, we have not only a tough rodeo and barrel racing badass, but our guest is also a talented, beautiful, and funny model and actress. I am so looking forward to introducing you guys to Carly Twizzleman. Carly is nothing short of impressive. I get to speak to a lot of awesome, interesting people, but I got to say that Carly is one of the most unique I have had on the Dream Mason podcast yet. Besides being a professional rodeo athlete, she's an actress, a TV host, and a model. She is inspirational and dynamic. On this episode, we talk about how a sixth-generation farm girl has taken on the dream of winning the National Rodeo Finals, or the National Finals Rodeo, I should say, which is the Super Bowl of Rodeo. And if that's not enough, she's also creating time to host Ride TV, be the face of Gypsy Soul, and book movies, TV shows, and modeling contracts. One of my favorite parts of this conversation is where Carly shares how she created the rodeo team at UCLA so she could actually have everything she wanted, acting and rodeo. You're going to get a lot from this episode. I hope and I know you will create value for yourself. Enjoy this episode, share it with a friend, and let me know what you think. Let's get on with it. Here is Carly Twizzleman. Hey, Carly, what's up? Oh, not much. Just hanging out here in Lubbock. How are you? (laughs) You're in Lubbock, Texas right now? I am in Lubbock. I'm up at the rodeo this weekend, so just just waiting to go here, and then I'll be heading out to California. Nice. What rodeo are you in this weekend? It's the Lubbock Pro Rodeo. Um, It's just one of the many rodeos I go to all year long. Um, I'm a member of the WPRA, which is the Women's Professional Rodeo Association, and Um, I go to about a hundred rodeos a year and this is just one of the many stops that I will hit along the way. So yeah, I get to see the world. (laughs) Well, thanks for, uh, pausing, uh, you know, getting off a horse and, uh, unless you're on a horse right now, which I doubt, but actually getting off a horse and having this conversation with me, this is super unique. I told you, you know, I was actually just looking at a photo of you on this horse and you just look like, I mean, it almost looks like you're out of a movie. You're like barreling down. It looks like you, like if we threw a shotgun on the side of you, it looks like you're going to catch bad guys. Uh, it's really- <laughs> yeah, that, I, I barrel race. That's the event I do. So in the picture you're talking about, there's a barrel. And the point is, like the horses that I ride, they're, they're quarter horses. And uh, barrel racing horses are some of the fastest horses in the sport of rodeo. And so the point is to be the fastest time turning these three barrels in a cloverleaf pattern and fastest time wins basically so that's why i'm barreling down the arena turning as fast as i can on my on my teammate there nice so i know nothing about horse racing and i nailed it with the barreling (laughs) that's awesome that's that's it's got a good name it fits so why don't you tell people because you know i don't know i mean look i i know that you were in the rodeo and this was your thing because we met years ago but 
I mean, I think sometimes we see this like on ESPN or, or places. And I think maybe if you grew up in an area that had rodeo, you know about it. But if you're not, like, how does somebody like, who are you? And how do you even end up as a rodeo person? I know it is a really unique sport. And, you know, I grew up in it my whole life. I come from a sixth generation ranching family off the coast of California and riding horses was just what we did. I mean, we raised cattle and we grew barley and, and being horseback is a big part of that, you know, checking cows or, or moving cows and, and, and rodeos were just kind of what we did for fun on the weekends. My parents would take us to play days. So I've been riding horses since I was two and um, it just kind of was a passion that took off. They're amazing animals. Um, they're super smart and they're super athletic and they're so willing to do whatever you want. They're kind of like a big dog is how I like to categorize them, but um, they really are. They're so sweet and they just want to, they want to please you. But um, yeah, so I just started out really young and it was a passion that I, that I just kept pursuing. I junior rodeoed, I high school rodeoed. And then after high school, it's kind of like where most people that do what I do, you kind of make a choice. You either continue with rodeo or you kind of give it up or, and move on with other things in your life. And I wasn't ready to give it up, but I did have a really big choice to make because I have another passion that I've always wanted to do because I grew up out, out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and that was to be an actress. My mom always told us to dream big. And that was something that I really wanted to do. And so I needed to decide if I wanted to go to a school based around agriculture because that way I could rodeo or if I wanted to go to a school based on acting and there's just two different worlds um so I chose UCLA and chose to do the career of acting but I didn't want to quit rodeoing I couldn't give it up so I ended up um uh, getting a hold of the dean of students at UCLA and getting them to let me rodeo and represent UCLA at the intercollegiate level and that was amazing. It was really cool. I had people placing bets all the time saying they knew the whole UCLA rodeo team. And then after that, <laughs> I, I went to the pros and now I rodeo professionally. So when you, that's a really cool story because there'd be a ton of people that like, this is no different than anybody that wants to do anything at, in college or at any point in their life. And you basically were like, it doesn't exist. So I'm going to create it. What was that like? How did you create Nobody does that. I mean, people do, right? You did it. People that create businesses when they're in college. But what gave you? I didn't think it was possible. Yeah. I I didn't, I didn't know what to do. I just, I knew I wanted to go to UCLA. It was a school that I had been studying for the last four years and I loved all of their, their programs there and the campus was gorgeous. And I, I wanted to take a step that was a little bit uncomfortable in life and not, my whole family went to Cal Poly Technic University in, um, San Luis Obispo. It's a big ag school. And I almost went to school there, but I just knew that I would have never left the ranch if I did that. And I wanted to, you know, try something new. And so I wanted to go to UCLA, but, you know, like I said, they didn't have a rodeo team. They didn't have anything like that. So I felt like I was totally giving up on something that I absolutely loved. And I did that for about a quarter and I was super bored, (laughs) depressed, and just felt like I was missing a big part of me. And I just started talking to other people that I knew that went to other colleges that rodeoed. And 
I found out that some of them rodeoed independently, but those colleges had done that for years. They, they might not have had a whole rodeo team, but they allowed kids to rodeo independently through their school. It's basically, it's like a not formal team, I guess is how you'd say it, but you still represent the college. So I thought if other colleges allowed that, then mine must do something like that. So I went to, um, God, I don't even remember what office I went to in the beginning. I went to like basically the registrar's office, I think, because that was where all the, that's where I did everything when it came to classes and stuff. And I'm like, I, I do a sport and it was hard for me to explain to them because I feel like with rodeo, it's very touchy sometimes. (laughs) Like some people think automatically that rodeo is is cruel to animals and that's a whole nother story in itself that I could talk about forever. But, um, so I was really worried that they were automatically going to say, no way, we would never let you do that. And that was going to be the end of it. But they were super open and they were like, well, you know, we don't really know who the right person is to talk to. And it just kept going to somebody else and somebody else. And finally I got to one of the Dean of students and she listened to me and, and you know, my background and what I wanted to do. And she thought it would be great for the school. And she signed off and said that I could wear UCLA and, and rodeo because you had to, you had to be coming from, you know, a college to be able to compete at the intercollegiate level. And so I had to get their approval. And it was so awesome when I did. It was it was a dream come true, really, at that point. So, yeah, if you put your mind to it, you can definitely do anything. Don't don't think that there are always closed doors. There's definitely going to be an open one. What I love about the story is, you know, in, in what I do with clients, with my own life, with anybody that will let me support them is I'm always trying to help people create win-wins. I think that in life, we've adopted this thing where we think compromise is great. And I think compromise sucks because nobody gets actually what they want. We all get like a piece of what we want, but we don't really get what we want. And I think that compromise is limiting. It's actually creating win-win yeah. where everyone gets what they want is really powerful. Now it's hard because you got to be able to be willing to think outside the box. So it, it might be a little more challenging, but that's what I hear in what you did. It's like, hey, you really wanted to be an actress. You also wanted rodeo and you actually created a situation where UCLA saw something in it for themselves to be like, yeah, we'll essentially, uh, it's not the right word, but almost like sponsor you and let mm-hmm. you be a representative of our university. And then you got to also go do the thing that you wanted. So cool. Yeah, I mean, it was something I never thought would be possible. And like you said, I was, you know, I was compromising by, you know, giving up one dream for another, but it wasn't satisfying to me. I thought I could be okay with it, but then I learned that I wasn't. And I never really intentionally thought I could have both, but it just kind of, you know, when you want something and you keep working towards it, you you can make a way to have both is what I've learned from that situation. So yeah, it was a really great experience for me. And I'm so glad I did it because I would have went, I would have probably, you know, went through college, not doing the sport. And I I don't really know where I'd be right now if I didn't do it. I don't know if I would have gotten a professional rodeo, if I would have, you know, given up on horses completely and just, you know, buried that passion or or what would have happened. But I'm glad I went the route I did. (laughs) And you said your mom taught you and your, you have a sister, right? I have a sister and two brothers. Yes. Okay. So your mom taught you guys to dream big. So what did that, so you're, you're acting and now you're, you're a professional actor, professional. Do you call your, what do you call yourself? Is it a, a road? What is a I'm rodeo a professional person? rodeo athlete? Okay, cool. Professional rodeo athlete. <laughs> and then what about your sisters and your brothers? What were their big dreams? 
Yeah. Okay. So like I said, we grew up in the middle of nowhere and my mom, she also had big dreams. And I think that's what something that my dad really, you know, saw in her and loved about her because my dad, you know, comes from a very traditional ranching family and the whole family, that's all we've done for generations. And he's pretty quiet and reserved and shy. And my mom, he, he met her while she was singing. She, she was also a singer and um, she wanted to pursue a singing career. And he loved that about her, that she performed and everything and took her to Nashville and, and tried to get her going with that. And they actually met with a pretty big manager who told her to go home and write her own music because they thought she was amazing. But she went home and had kids and she just never really tried after that. So she always had this big dream for us to, you know, follow your goals and dreams because, you know, you can always have a family and kids one day, but you only get to see your dreams really one time and so she just instilled that in us to you know dream big you can do anything you want to do and so I you know was passionate about acting and um I think just because we had so much time on our hands out there I was very imaginative (laughs) and my sister she got the voice so she's a singer she's in Nashville right now pursuing a music career and doing very well and then my brothers they kind of took the other route they took the more traditional route and my one brother is my dad's right-hand guy and helps manage the ranch. And my other brother manage, manages a ranch of his own and and works a little bit with construction. So, yeah, that's where the family is right now. What's the, what's the big dream for you? Like, what's the goal? Well, I have two goals. And like, like we talked about before, I thought I'd have to compromise one and I wouldn't be able to get both. But I really think that in life I can have both. I would like to make the NFR, uh, when it comes to rodeo, the NFR is the national finals rodeo. It's basically like the Super Bowl of rodeo. Um, It's where they take the top 15 in the world, and you compete for 10 days in Vegas at the Thomas and Mack Arena, and basically a world champion is crowned, if you will, for a better lack of uh, terms. Do you you get a a crown or a belt or a ring? You you get a buckle. Like They have a big buckle. Each night pays about... I think it's 26000 a round for first place. They pay like six monies in each round. And then it pays 70000 to the average winner. And they just all these awards. You get a saddle, buckle, all kinds of crazy stuff. But it's more of just like the prestige of winning the world championship title, kind of like, you know, Super Bowl champion. Yeah. Um, so that's always been a dream of mine since I was a little girl. It still is a dream. And I just want to say that I made it to the NFR one year. Like that would, that would make, make my day. How, and then my, what was that? How far are you from that? Like what would get, what's the, where's the, what's the gap between where you are currently as a rider and where, which would get you to the NFR? It's really about, it really is a, what do they say? It takes a village. Uh, how does that phrase? It takes a village <laughs> to basically village. support. Yeah. You got it. You're <laughs> but, um, it takes a village and I, it takes a lot of people to be supporting you behind. It's, it's, it's not just me. It's, I have, a, I need a team of horses. I have a really great horse right now, but it's going to take more than her. And I have um, a five-year-old horse coming up who I'm hoping is going to be my, they're going to be my two girls that I travel down the road together with. And then I have two babies that one's going to be born next month. And then I have another one that'll be born next year. But a lot. It's so competitive now. It's so different that rodeo has changed in the last five, six years to where 
it takes more than one horse to go down the road because we are going 100 rodeos a year. If you think about like horse racing, for instance, which more more people are familiar with horse racing, I think, than rodeo. Horse racing horses, they probably run in maybe like, I don't know, five to 10 races a year. And they're running at like million dollar purse prices. Mm -hmm. That's five to 10 races a year. And I could be totally wrong, but I know it's like something small like that where like we're going to a hundred races a year and we're traveling all over the country. That's really kind of a lot harder on a horse to where, you know, they're, they're competing all the time. It's like a, maybe a baseball player versus competing at 10 baseball games versus a hundred. I mean, it's kind of exhausting and hard on the body and you have to really take care of yourself. And so I have to take care of my horses and there's a lot that goes into it. So it's best to have more than one horse. So that's kind of where I am right now. Huh? It's, well, horses are like, I mean, horses are expensive. You know, I know that like people that grow up yeah. and they have a horse, it's not like a cheap pet to obviously own. It's not like having a goldfish. Um, so <laughs> maybe, how do you and how do other people, because like I said, most people that are going to listen to this, aside from people that follow you that you bring in, this is going to be totally new to. So how does somebody yeah. actually, you know, if, if you are a race car driver, right? Like that's an ex- another really expensive sport to participate in. Yeah. You actually have so many sponsors and so many things with the car upkeep and whatnot. And the horse is essentially your version of that. It, it just happens to be something you actually like have feelings for too, I assume. How do you actually- oh take care of all these things. Racing is a great example. Um, that, that's such a good example. Rodeo is so much like NASCAR. And we have like the same fan base too. Um, it takes sponsors to get down the road because if you think about it like NASCAR, we have, like I drive, a, a, you know, three-quarter ton GMC 2015. I have 106,000 miles on it and I bought it at, in December of 2015. So, you know, two years, a little over two years. And I've, I put like, I guess, yeah. 50,000 miles on it a year. And I have a living quarters trailer. So it's kind of like, you know, how NASCAR, they have those big trailers, except for I don't have a car in mine, but I do have horsepower. <laughs> I have my horses in the back. And then the living quarters is where I live, you know, while I'm on the road. It's kind of like an RV. Um, mm-hmm. And sponsors is really huge. Like, my horses require a lot of tack from the saddles to, you know, their protective gear, like their splint boots and um, their bridles and head stalls and, you know, everything. There's all different kinds of companies involved and you try to get sponsorships through them. And and then just going down the road is so expensive, you know, fuel and and wear and tear on your vehicles. It is an expensive sport. Um, You don't really do it for the money. There's not there is money, good money in rodeo, but it's not like, you know, other sports. And you have to win. You have to do good to win money. You, you don't get a paycheck all the time. So <laughs> it yeah. definitely is a tough sport and you have to love it to want to do it. But I love it. And that's why I, I'm like, that's why I say if I could just make the finals one time, I think I'd be satisfied. And then, then I can probably move on to my other dreams and goals. But um, yeah, how that's far just, do you think you how it, far it, do you think you are from that? I think I am. You know, it it really could it could be next year. It could be a couple years. I'm really hoping this year. I know that we're probably not going to get there just because I don't have the team that I need to have. I'm kind of trying to set myself up for next year because everything's based off of money. One, so 
if I get enough money one this year, then I'll be set up to be invited to the big rodeos next year and be able to compete for, because a lot of the rodeos are invitational and, um, and they have a lot more money added. So that's kind of my goal this year is to win enough money to be invited to those bigger rodeos next year. And then also I'll have my five-year-old ready to go. And then I'll have two horses that are solid and, and can, we'll have a good team put together by then. So that's kind of the goal right now. Hopefully next year, shooting for the stars, you know, land amongst, amongst the moon. But we'll see. We'll see. And then what's the, you said, you know, there's more than one dream. What's the other dream or what's the other dreams? Yes. Like I was saying, you know, the acting, acting industry, acting career has always been a dream of mine. Um, I used to put on little skits all the time for my mom. I imitated Steve Urkel like no one else. Me too. Actually, <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah awesome, I, I think that awesome was the, person to grow. I, I think that was the last time that I actually tried to be an actor <laughs> <laughs> I got scouted from the director of the Cosby show because of that but it, I never sent I didn't want to send him the video of it because I was kind of embarrassed <laughs> I hope my mom burned those but I doubt it but um yeah I just it was I don't know. I, I really think it has a lot to do with rodeo. The same reason why I'm passionate about acting. There's something about performing, being on a stage. I think that, you know, it comes down to that moment and your adrenaline and, you know, you have to get that, whether it's that line or whether I'm, you know, if I'm running barrels, you know, everything has to be perfect right then and there. And it just, there's so much pressure, but then when you do good, it's just so exhilarating. And I think I feed off of that. So I think that's where the passion came from for both, you know, industries, rodeo and acting. But um, I don't know. It's, I just always enjoyed it. I, I got into drama when I was in high school and gosh, I was a drama junkie. I loved it. And I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted, I wanted to go to LA and I wanted to pursue an acting career and it was scary because nobody in my family ever did anything like that. It was hard for me to talk about because of that. I felt like it wasn't something I should really talk about because I sounded stupid, but I knew that that's what I wanted to do. And it is why I chose UCLA to get me in Los Angeles. Um, um, I'm really glad I did all that. I, I went to school down there and I ended up um, getting into the Screen Actors Guild and, and I've worked on some stuff and now I have a, actually have a nationally distributed television show now. So uh, it's a, it's definitely a passion that I am pursuing and I have a lot more long way to go before I get to where I want to be in it. But I do feel like I have accomplished a lot. How would you measure the goal with acting? Like what would have you go, I did it. I, I, did, I accomplished what I wanted in, in that field. Well, I still, I mean, oh man. I still have, like, the show that I have now is, a ho I host a television show for a network called Ride TV, and it's all about horses. We feature famous horses throughout history. And it's amazing. I am still so blessed to be able to have this show. But it's not acting. It's hosting. So even though I am in front of the camera and I am performing, it's still different than what I always had pictured. Like, I would love to do, like, I don't know, a, you know, 30-minute sitcom show, or I'd love to do mm -hmm. film just something more on the acting side of things than the hosting, I guess. But I'm right there. I'm knocking on that door, I feel like. So I just need to keep at it. 
What's the dream role? Like if, if consider like a role that's already been done, what would have been like your favorite role to ever play? If you play anything. Oh my gosh. That's a really good question. Um, I think I would have loved to have done, oh my gosh, I can't think of her name right now, but I would have loved to have done the goofy girl on friends. What's her name? Uh, I mean, they were all kind the, of goofy. The blonde, long-haired, goofy girl. <laughs> yeah, Lisa Kudrow, right? I, is that, I, what's, her, what's her name on the show? Oh, man, I don't... Um... I know, I can't think of it. I would have loved to have done, um, like, a character from Friends, whether it was Jennifer Aniston or the funny, goofy girl from that, that show. I cannot think of her dang name. I, I love it. It's, but... totally, it's Lisa Kudrow, because it's not... Um, it's, it's, that's totally what it is. It's the blonde, right? Yeah, it's not, it's yeah. not Courtney Cox. It's the yeah. blonde, yeah. Yeah, Lisa Kudrow is the blonde. Or I, don't know, I, don't know the I would love... I mean, I, I'd love to do, like, some sort of show like that. Like, just slapstick, funny, lighthearted. I just think that'd be so much fun. Um, if I wasn't doing something like that, I, I've always wanted to do a Western just because of my background and like a film, whether it's like an Annie Oakley film where I'm, you know, shooting guns off of a horse or, um, I don't know. I just think something like that would be right up my alley. Well, it's really cool. Cause everything about that, what you're saying is so, you know, when I was, when we started talking before we started recording, I was looking at these photos that you had sent me and it's, I was saying that there's this dichotomy of you're this like badass, powerful woman who on a horse that you're like thinking you should run away from. And then the other photos, <laughs> like your acting photos are this like beautiful, adorable, really soft, like girl next door who like any guy would be like, oh my God, I want to talk to her. And she looks really safe. And, <laughs> and then the role that you're saying that you want to play is like a goofball. It's, it's like the, you're, you're like this equilateral triangle hitting the the power and the and the masculine and the super feminine and then the comedy like all at the same time well that's me i'm a very complex person (laughs) (laughs) no i love it i love that you see all that um because i really do feel like i am those three people i'm more than yeah but uh i just i love comedy but i am i i am a i am very much a tom tomboy I love to get out there and do things. I mean, I was raised by my dad and my mom, and but my dad is a rancher, and I basically was his third son. I was out there fixing fence with my brothers and driving tractors, and so I am very much a tomboy, but I love to be a girl too. <laughs> so I'm definitely very, um, what's the word? Uh, like the triangular like thing that you're talking about. I'm, I'm, <laughs> well, I, I described multifaceted. I don't even know. <laughs> multifaceted. I mean, I, I think that you, I actually believe that pe- like everyone has this, what, what's really cool about what, and what I'm reflecting in you is you, it seems like you actually explore it, right? There's people like w- most of us, I think we find what we're really good at in terms of who we're really good at being. And then we stick with that, mm-hmm. like they're archetypes, right? Like we know the people who are like, they're the comedians or they're the pretty girl or they're the cool guy or they're the nerd. And you've like really kind of cultivated these three dimensions of yourself that obviously they're not like solid. They blend into each other. And what I, what I at least from over here, what it looks like is it's just created so much possibility for you. That's really cool that you word it like that. I mean, I, now that you say that, I think that's so true. I never really, I never could pick one thing that I thought 
you know, was me because I had all these things that I wanted to do or were passionate about. And I wasn't good enough just to do one. I had to do them all. So I, it really is true. I guess I thought that maybe I was spreading myself thin, but at the same time, I love my life and I love doing all these different things and I'm not satisfied with one. So, and I, I think that's true. I do think everyone is like that and people just might, they're, they're better at choosing and making a decision. I'm not a very good decision maker. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's a better or worse, right? Because it's like you, I see what you've created has opened you up to so many opportunities and possibilities. Like you don't fit in one box. And I think as people, we actually are, const- we constrain ourselves to one box, which limits our experience of life. So whether we're good, mm-hmm. the thing that we might be good at choosing might actually be punishing us because we might want to be doing some of the things that we've cut ourselves off to. What I'm curious about your your energy and your vibe, and I remember like like we met. I don't remember what from what somebody we knew somebody in common, and I was running a bar uh, in LA, mm-hmm. and I hired you to to cocktail waitress. And um, I mean, this was my impression of you back then, and you weren't doing all the things that you're doing now to the level of success that you're doing them. But something I do remember about you that I'm really present to in this conversation is just your being like, there's so much positivity. There's so much lightness. There's so much possibility and um, positivity. Where does all that come from? Oh my gosh. Um, that's a really good question. <laughs> I, I have to say that it probably is rooted in my upbringing my family has always been very supportive in anything that I wanted to do and very encouraging. I'm not always positive. I'll tell you that I have my down days, <laughs> but I, I just kind of have this mentality to where I, I almost know that things are going to work out. If I, if I work for it, they're going to happen. And I, I have to maintain that. It's not always easy to feel that way. I kind of have to work at it but it's the only way I've ever really gotten stuff done. And sometimes things might not work out how you think they're going to, or they come at a time when you don't expect them, but they've, it, that's how life's worked for me. So I kind of, I think that's also what's contributed to being positive and motivated. Um, I just, I think that, he, oh gosh, how do, I don't even, I don't know. That's such a tough question. Like it's just kind of a person that I've always tried to be positive. You know? so, you, so you actually, what I, what I hear in, in you, what you're sharing is you, it's not just something that is like, you actually try to do it. You work towards it. You practice being this way. Yeah. I mean, cause I'm, it's so easy to get down. Like I can, for instance, because I'm here in Lubbock at a rodeo and the last couple rodeos I've not had very good luck at, and there's a lot of factors that go into that. Um, but whether it's my horse not working right or we draw up not so good or the ground is like deep or sticky and my horse can't work in it where other days it's better for other girls kind of thing. There's all these factors that can go into it, but it's really easy to get down. And you know, it goes that way in the acting world. You know, I can go to 50 auditions and not book anything. And it's like, you can easily think what's wrong with me. Why, why aren't I good enough? Why, why doesn't anybody want me or why can't I succeed? It's so easy to do that, but it's not going to help is what I've learned. And I know that with every run I make in the rodeo arena and with every, you know, audition I do, I've tried my best. 
And I always feel so accomplished when I step out of there. Sometimes I'll, sometimes I'll be down like, man, why'd I do it like this? Or, or man, I messed up that line or they're not going to like me. But half the time when I did that, I end up, you know, getting a call back or making it, getting a good time in the barrel racing. And it's like, wow, okay, well, don't always, don't always be tearing yourself down because sometimes that's what works. <laughs> and, you know, it just kind of, you just triggered something in my mind about, you know, me wanting to do the acting career. I never really thought that it was something, it wasn't something when I, when I was pursuing acting, I didn't want to tell people about, you know, my background of growing up on a ranch and rodeoing and stuff, because I thought people thought it was weird. I mean, I went to school in a big city and that was eye opening for me. It was so different. I mean, I graduated high school with a class of 24 kids. And I went to the school where I had thousands of kids in my class. And so I just thought I was different and weird. And I kind of hid who I was. But really, all of my success has come from because of who I am. So I've kind of learned to embrace who I am and just be happy with it and and proud of it. And I don't know, I guess that makes me a positive person. <laughs> I mean, that's a gift in itself. I think if we could give, look, I would happily give that gift to anybody I know, the gift to like be able to mm-hmm. be yourself and let your life fall into place and actually trust and have faith in in yourself, but also the world and the universe that if you actually mm-hmm. just own who you are, your dreams can actually come true. And that in in actually pretending to be different or trying to be different or trying to be what others want us to be or think being what we think we're supposed to be, is actually what yeah. so many of us do. And that's actually not the way that we get the things that we want. And it's. Oh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I tried so hard to just be one of these blonde haired, green eyed athletic girls that everyone was in LA and it got me nowhere. And just I, the, the, the jobs that I've booked, I mean, I got my, my got in the screen actors guild because of, I rode horses. Like I got stunt work and it was just like random phone calls from people who were in the industry, but also kind of had a background like I did. And it was, you know, I never expected it to work out like that, but it did. And that's kind of how my careers have worked on both ends, but to where I would, I would get forward I would move forward because of who I was. And every time I tried to not, you know, really, I don't know what the word is. Every time I tried to not really like be proud of who I was, I would just hold me back. Um, I, I just, I, you know, when I booked my job with uh, Ride TV, it was about horses and it was the easiest job I ever booked. And it was a job, it was a job made for me. And I think more people need to think like that. You know, like you just said, if we would just, you know, really value who we are and be proud of who we are and show who we are, that's what's real. That's what people are looking for. That's, that's what people want, especially, you know, like, you know, if I talk about the acting world, when you go into an audition, if you could just be yourself and, and show who you are, that's so unique and more valuable than trying to pretend like you're somebody else. And people can see right through, you know, someone being fake and it's more attractive to be real, I think. And it took me a long time to learn that. And I'm still probably struggle with it sometimes, but I, I do know that that, that works. You also, you just made me think about how we do, you know, we're all out there trying to craft this image of uniqueness in some way, shape or form. Some of us do it really consciously. Some of us don't, 
but really like most people want to be unique in some way. I mean, unless we're really trying to hide and like that is yeah. for some people, some people don't want to be seen and they want to hide. But for a lot of people out there, we are trying to craft like what will make us special and unique. And it's, it's funny because it's the complete opposite. The thing that makes you special and unique is just inherently you. Like there is no one like anyone, which is a craziest thing to say. Cause right. There's like 7 billion people or whatever, but no one yeah. is inherently like everyone else. Even if you look similar to someone else, your personality is different or your background is different. Your story is different. The things that we've made up in our mind, the way we talk, everything is different. I like to, um, to say that, Nobody has the same experience even with anything. You and I can watch the same movie at the same time sitting next to each other and take two completely different things away from it because the way we see it and he- the way we see it with our eyes are different. The way we hear it with our ears are different. The way that our brains interpret it are different. And mm-hmm. I'm really getting that from you that in embracing who you just naturally are and expanding on that, is actually what has brought you so much. It doesn't, it's not just success, but it's actually, it seems like enjoyment. Like you, it seems like you're just enjoying your life, which to me is worth way more than any success. Cause you can have all the success and if you're not enjoying it, who cares? Yeah, no, it's so funny because I was sitting there, you know, telling you my story, describing, you know, barrel, barrel racing and rodeo and stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, man, I bet you most of his listeners have never like even heard of this or they think I'm crazy or that this is weird, but it is my experience and it is my life. And like you said, it is so different. And I'm sure that just because it's different and weird that a lot of, you know, your listeners can relate to their lives in some way, whether it's, you know, talking about your nerves or, or trying to be successful, like you can still relate to it. And we I do, I do try to embrace it. And I am happy because I've chosen to embrace the things that I'm passionate about. That is, that is really key. And I've had really successful jobs making great money, but I wasn't as happy as I am now doing what I love and pursuing the things that I want to do with my life, you know? Yeah. I love that. I love the, I, I'm a believer that if you follow your passion, now you got to be willing to not quit and which is the next thing I want to ask you about. But if you follow your passion and you're willing to not quit, you can have everything you want. And if mm-hmm. you follow the money, you often lose the passion and you're unsatisfied. Or if you follow the passion, but you give up because it's hard because if it was easy, we'd all do it. Then often you're, you're left with something else missing because you quit. How is it that you, you know, you have two things one being, you know, the rodeo, which is highly competitive. There's not a lot of money in it. It takes a lot of money to go. There's a lot of commitment. There's the miles you put on the effort, the, the physical nature of it. And then there's the acting, which everybody knows about the acting world. I mean, it is one of the most competitive uh, and not always the most positive in the sense of it's you're constantly being judged based on how you look yeah. and how you quote unquote perform. There's nothing else to it really. Um, how do you put one foot in the other, one foot in front of the other every single day, pursuing things that you don't get instant gratification over? That sometimes it, it could take years for you to really get the results that you really, really want. I ask myself that all the time. Like, <laughs> why? Why do I want to do this so much? I don't know. I just, I've really met, ma- like, as far as like auditions and stuff, I've really mastered leaving the audition and not thinking twice about it. 
I don't let the feeling of them judging me ever get to me. I mean, I've, I've gone, I've gone to agencies, you know, with like agency meetings, trying to get an agent for representation. I've had them tell me that I need to lose 15 pounds. I'm like, what? All right. You're not right for me, buddy. Cause I know that one, I'm happy with my body. And two, there's a role for everyone. Like, especially nowadays, like they don't, you don't have to be perfect anymore. You know, like TV's changed so much. I feel like, or the entertainment industry, but I mean, it is tough. It's, and especially like keeping the passion, you know, and picking versus the money. I had a really huge job with the NRA hosting NRA TV and it was a great paying job and I was still working in television, but it was basically a, you know, well, nine to seven, five days a week in the studio and it was great and it was awesome. But at the same time, I was giving up so much. I, I basically was giving up all of my rodeo life. I, my horses, I sent them to be swam all the time to stay in shape and, and had other people riding them for me, but I wasn't getting to ride. And I just had a moment. I remember thinking, I, what, why am I giving up stuff that I love? Like, this isn't, this isn't really me. Like, I need to change and I finally made time to enter a rodeo and I just remember it was actually kind of bad because I I entered this rodeo and it was two days before the rodeo and I thought okay I better go ride it's been four months since I've ridden my horse <laughs> and I went and rode her and she acted like she had no idea what she's doing because it, the horse is really important they're so smart they know their job and there's a pattern to this event like they it's a clover leaf pattern is what they call it and so they circle these barrels a certain way and they do it at, you know, an extremely fast speed. So there's a lot of G-force going around these barrels. And I thought, great, we're going to go to this rodeo. And she's not going to know what she's doing, but I'm going to go anyway. Well, we went. She turned her first barrel so good. I was like, oh, my God. And we turned the second barrel so good. I'm like, we're going to win this thing. I just need to turn the last one. And we go to turn the last one. And I flew off the horse. And she did great and did her job and went went back across the timer. <laughs> But, you know, we got no time and it was super embarrassing and I was super sore because I fell off. And, you know, I just realized that, one, I can't just get on, a, you know, an extremely athletic horse like that without being in shape myself for rodeo. And two, why did I let myself go this long without doing what I love? And so I decided to make more time for myself and and ride and, and move to being an independent contractor instead of, you know, a a salary job, which was a tough decision, but I'm so much more happier because of it. And I, I don't think you should ever sacrifice your happiness for money. I learned that. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I learned that and that I, that I made the choice to choose happiness. <laughs> I'm like thinking of you flying off a horse and how you just kind of like, <laughs> you kind of just like skim over it. You're like, yeah, I flew off a horse and I'm sitting here like, okay, well, I skim over it because it was embarrassing. People. <laughs> people die flying off horses people like break their necks flying off horses and you're just like yeah I just flew off the horse and I was embarrassed it's like wait what I thought I broke my hip but I was more of just like a, I was really sore for a few days but I have not fallen off a horse ever the only time I had ever I got bucked off once in my life and the horse was bucking extremely hard and that was it that was like 10 years ago and to be, I've never fallen off in the barrel racing, 
So that was, it was kind of embarrassing. It's like a jockey going around the arena and flying, I don't know, falling off or like a basketball player, I don't missing, know, having an missing, air ball maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I want to ask you the same question because you, what you just shared was awesome, but I don't know that I got the answer that I was looking for. Not that way that you were. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. You gave us a bunch of other things. But I wanted to know because, and this is, maybe you did answer it, maybe I didn't, but I don't think you did. And I think it's super important. You're going for things that are, um, that are big. You have big goals and you have goals that are, mm-hmm. again, that you're playing against the odds. And actually anyone that has a big goal is actually playing against the odds. So you're, it's, it's perfect. And there's something that it requires. And it requ- what I'm saying it requires is putting one foot in front of the other every single day without a, a, a reward given to you, right? Like there's some things we do that we do them and we get a reward and it's like very quick transactional. Mm-hmm. But when we go for like these big goals, in, for instance, if you were like, hey, I want to, uh, if I want to create some new form of technology, there's going to be a lot of failure. There's going to be a lot of miss, like misfires and misstarts. What you're doing, there's a lot of rejection. There's a lot of not winning. There's a lot of having to keep going, getting up off the ground if you fall off the horse or going back to an interview after you get rejected or whatever. What is the thing that actually has you get up every day and put one foot in front of the other? Like, How do you motivate yourself to do that? I think just pursuing it is motivating. Like there's a lot of, yeah, you don't have that big, huge reward. Like I don't, I almost don't even know if I'd know how to handle it once I did get it, you know, it'd be like, Oh my God, I'm actually, I actually, you know, I'm actually making this, this big movie. What? Or I'm sitting here at the Thomas and Mac about to run in the NFR. I actually got here. I feel like that would be crazy to actually feel that. But the journey of getting there there's a lot of gratification along the way. And there's a, I feel like there's steps that you take and you, you, you see yourself still progress, you know, and yeah, there's a lot of fallbacks and a lot of trials and tribulations, but you you overcome those. And I think that having those little, I'm trying to think of an example I can give you, but, you know, for instance, maybe if I talk about, you know, rodeo, I have a lot of, you know, training my horse, it's communicating with an animal and we have a lot of setbacks and, and she frustrates me and I frustrate her. And, and, but we, then we'll have a moment where we have a great run and it's so, it's so fulfilling, but it's only one step in this journey to get to where we need to be. And I think it's just, you know, the journey and working towards it, it always, it's always motivating. I, I wake up every day and I want to go work with my horses or I, I go to the gym every day because I want to work on my, my physique, but not just for being an athlete, but for also my, my TV career. I, I don't know. There's lots of little things that keep me motivated. It's not really one thing. I do, I do have these goals at the end and I, I think about them all the time, but I know, I know that it's going to take a lot to get there and it's way down the road kind of thing. You know, I, I feel like I think about what's in front of me right now. What do I need to work on right now? Not so much the bigger picture, I think. I think I focus on the step that I need to overcome now. What's the, that makes sense. Yeah. What's the biggest challenge that you feel like you've overcome so far in, in pursuit of these dreams? Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, kind of goes back to what we were talking about. It just owning up to who I am and, and being proud of who I am 
you know, like I was saying, I didn't want to, I didn't want to let people know that I grew up on a ranch and that I was, you know, a farmer's daughter. And I just thought that sounded so weird. And to really overcome accepting that and realizing that whenever I did tell people, they would be like, wow, that's so cool. Oh my gosh, you ride horses. Like, and it's like, whoa, you actually think that's cool? Oh, okay. Like, yeah, I, I do. That's who I am. And it was it was actually really nice and really, like, relieving because I could just be myself. Um, that was a really big challenge to overcome. Uh, and, I mean, other than other than that, for for both of them, it's dividing my time because I do have two dreams. And, you know, rodeo is all over the country and I have to travel a lot and I have these horses that I have to take care of every day and I have to condition them and I have to condition myself and acting, you know, the stereotypical thing to do is to be in LA. And I tried that for a while. And I mean, I was in LA for six years and I booked more work after I left LA than when I was in it. And I, but you know, you just think that's where you need to be if you want to be an actor. And I know that that is a big part of it, but I just wasn't happy being there, but I wasn't, I didn't want to give up on my dream because of that. And I did realize, you know, like there's acting outside of LA to where, you know, the job that I host now for Ride TV, they're in Fort Worth, Texas. So that was kind of a big deal, like being able to step away from LA and think that I didn't have to give up on my dream. I mean, that was, that was hard because I thought I was giving up, but it's not, I do have to make time to be back there sometimes, which is where I'm headed now after Lubbock. I'll be back in California for the next few months. And thankfully that's where all the rodeos are right now too. <laughs> but yeah, I think the dividing the time between the two dreams has been kind of difficult, but I've also learned that I can't just put my whole life on hold to be in LA. I'm so much more happy being out of LA and, and living my life. And every, you know, I get, sometimes I get a call and I, or I, I do audition. I fly back there all the time to do auditions and I'll book jobs that way. Or, you know, I book jobs out of state and um, yeah, I just, I think that was a big thing to get over. Like I don't have to be in Los Angeles all the time to pursue my dream. So I have a completely unrelated question, but it also is somehow related. <laughs> you're busy you're working on two big things you're super focused on them how do you have time for like how do you date do you have a social life do you have a boyfriend like what how does this how does this work into your life okay well that's a really good question <laughs> um i i have a, yes i do social media that's kind of goes hand in hand with the entertainment world now it seems like you got to have your social media they're always looking at how many followers you got so yes, everyone go follow me. But um, Wait, for tell them where, where, where do they follow you? How do they oh, find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram. Carly Twist is my uh, Instagram handle, whatever you call it. It's also my handle for Twitter. I'm, I'm a big Instagrammer though. Uh, and you can right. follow me on Facebook. You can find me under Carly Twistleman. But um, yeah, those are Facebook and Instagram. Those are kind of my two things. But um, back to the relationship thing. That was really hard for me for a while. I, when I, li I lived in LA, like I said, for six years, I think I went on one date the whole time I was there. Cause I don't know. I think it's just the way I grew up. It is so different that I, I never really found anybody that really 
fit my vibe, maybe. I don't know. I was there always just some seem like I don't know the guys just weren't for me and I'm sure there's some really good guys there but <laughs> I never met them and <laughs> and I always found myself being attracted to like people who grew up like I did and had passions for you know horses and the outdoors like I did and so I I dated a lot of people that you know rodeoed but I never that never it never really worked out um so how do you do, how do, you do it now I actually have a boyfriend now and he's wonderful. He rodeos too. Um, he's super supportive. Uh, this is the first time that I've ever traveled with my significant other, which I think is huge because this way we spend a lot of time together where, um, other relationships I had, you don't spend really any time together because you're always on the road somewhere. And it's like any other sport, you know, like, basketball players they're on the road all the time they meet other people it's hard to maintain a relationship being gone and I sometimes I do long for that steady lifestyle of being home and just being home and not being on the road and I know that I will have that one day so that's why I'm doing this now because rodeo won't be forever it's not a it's not a forever career really it's just kind of what I want to do now while I'm young and, and don't have, you know, a family or, or whatever to really take up my time. What would you give to, um, if you were going to, I'm trying to think of a way, way how to put this, but basically like you, you have a great attitude about life. You're pursuing things. And what would you give to, as advice to people who have big dreams that are either discouraged because of the way, how long they're taking or they're feeling like they're going to give up and they can't do it. What might you offer them as a piece of advice? Someone once told me that the only way you are ever going to fail for sure is if you quit. Man, I think and I that stuck that. with me. <laughs> you kind of, you kind of said it earlier and it really hit that, that, that I remember hearing that and I cannot remember who said it to me, but it really stuck with me that, because I have thought plenty of times, like, I'm over this acting world, like, oh, it's so, you know, depressing, you're always failing, and, and you never, you're, you're either too big, or you're too small, or you're, you know, you're blonde, and they need a brunette, or whatever, but I'm not a quitter, and I don't ever want to be a quitter, that's something that I don't ever want to be classified as, and I don't even think I could, even if I tried, because I would be like, wanting to get back in the game you know I have this competitive edge but I would just say don't quit and don't sit there and beat yourself up about you know not being successful yet really try to enjoy each moment of getting there and I have to tell myself that I mean it's not like my life's all happy all the time I have really you know down times too and frustrating times and you kind of just have to really be your own coach and and pump yourself up and stay positive. I mean, you only get to live this life once. So if you're not pursuing your dreams or what you're happy with, one, I feel like you're wasting your life. And two, if you give up on it, what what else are you going to do? You know, like, what are you going to do with your life? Nothing. That doesn't sound very fun. (laughs) So you might as well put yourself through you know, all those challenges that are, that are tough and frustrating because there's going to be 
small gratification along the way. And, and, you know, hopefully you do reach that goal and you accomplish it and then you'll be super proud of yourself and you can look, look back on your life without any regrets. Thank you. That was great. Um, thanks for, you know, you already told people how to track you down and I'll post it in the, like in the show notes if they want to follow you and, uh, you know, how do people, if somebody wanted to watch you in a rodeo, can they do that? Is it possible? Absolutely. Um, I try to keep up on my social media when I'm going to be somewhere where I'm going to be. Um, it's kind of like a big old, there's kind of a trail that we go on, but the California rodeos are coming up all of April. I'll be in California. Um, I start in Logandale, Nevada here in two weeks, and then I'll be in um, Red Bluff, California, Clovis, California, Lakeside, California. Um, I'll be all over, but I, I try to keep it up posted on my social media. If you guys ever want to know where I'm going to be next, feel free to ask me. Um, but yeah, like I'm, rodeos are full of fans and I love to see you guys. And yeah, if, I would love it if people came out and watched me and came and said hi and said that they heard this podcast. That'd be amazing. I think this has been one of the most interesting and unique podcasts I personally have done to date. You know, I think you bring you, the energy you bring, the profession you bring, the attitude you bring is just so different than it, it, than so many of the people I've had on. And I want to be really clear. It's not better. It's just different and it's really unique. Mm-hmm. And it, that's really a symbol of who you are. You really are unique in the sense of you. The thing I've been thinking of the whole time is like, you just embody the, that, kind of like do you like be you you really are that just do you i like that slogan (laughs) yeah that's like could be you it's like you are that person um so it's been like such an a privilege to like have this conversation and for you to share this world with me like i knew nothing about any of this and i'm really excited for people to listen to this because i think not only will they learn about a, a sport and, exper- and an experience that they likely had n- no knowledge of, but I think everything that you've shared today is transferable to whatever they're up to. So thanks for that. It's been, it's, it's really impactful. Well, thank you for having me on. And I, I hope that people can listen to it and find some inspiration and, and, you know, ways to link it back to their life and, and stay positive because, even though we are all unique, we're all have some similarities and are trying to follow our dreams. And if I can inspire someone, then man, I feel like I've succeeded today. So I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask you to promise me something. You ready? What? What's the, what is it first? <laughs> well, no, are you, are you ready for it? You're going <laughs> to, so I want, <laughs> when you, after you win the, uh, the, what is it? The NFR? Uh-huh. After you win, I want you to come back and do another episode with me, or and oh, maybe yeah. it's both, maybe actually it when I make the NFR, I'm going to have you come out to Vegas and we'll do it out there. Okay, deal. And when you <laughs> book your whatever you regard as like a successful acting gig, we do the same thing. So whether it's the first big movie, okay. you get or the first big TV spot, you know, whichever way it goes, maybe they'll happen at the same time. Who knows? Oh my gosh, this is going to be so much fun. We'll get to look back on this conversation. <laughs> right. Well, thanks for making, thanks for, thanks for, uh, thanks for forging a, an oral contract with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. I'm down.
Thank you. Like I said, it was such a pleasure and um, I'm just super grateful. You're, you're totally like you, you really do embody like a powerful female who you, you own the masculinity that the female has and you also manage to bring your like divine feminine. So, and then you also bring the comedy at the same time. So thanks for really not being afraid to bring all those pieces. It's awesome. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Dream Mason Podcast. Please subscribe to the Dream Mason Podcast so you don't miss an episode. Share it with a friend and give us a review on iTunes. I am grateful to have had you here. If you want more, you can follow or reach out to me, Alex Terranova, on Instagram at inspirationalalex or at thedreammason.com or email me at alex at thedreammason.com. And remember, you are a dream mason because your dreams don't build themselves. Dreams can't stick by me, so dreams can't find me.